0: This is the K O T O Community Radio News for Wednesday, November third. I'm Matt Hoysh. In today's headlines, 2D passes, 300 doesn't. Tell your New Newtown Council. COVID cases on the rise in Colorado, and a mountain weather forecast. The results are in. After weeks of postering, debating, and discussing, Telluride voters headed to the polls on Tuesday for the 2021 election. Housing, undeniably, was at the top of the ballot. Question 2D, which sought to cap short-term rental licenses where they are for two years and double business license fees to support affordable housing, passed, with roughly 55% of the vote. Question 300, a citizen initiative which sought to lower short-term rental licenses in town to roughly 400 and issue them through a yearly lottery, did not pass, with about 60% voting no. Keith Hampton is on the board of the Community Alliance for Effective Housing Solutions, which pushed for 2D. He says they're excited the question passed.
1: We really appreciate all the work that uh, our volunteers and supporters did uh, to try to to get the word out and talk with voters and uh, really try to understand uh, the issues that are uh, surround the housing problem we have here in Tellurad.
0: Moving forward, Hampton says they want to focus on bringing the community together. On that front, he mentions a couple ideas. First, focus on programs to help with housing for this coming winter and summer, such as a rental assistance fund. Next, he says, work with town council to get a clear housing plan together. Often
1: we hear from council that they're pushing as fast as they can, and, uh, uh, which I think is, is important. But I think the community needs to understand, I think, better, what's the timeline? What are the expectations? When can people look ahead to moving in? When can we address the issues?
0: Finally, he says the community needs to be more data-driven when it comes to addressing housing.
1: We don't even have a clear understanding as to how much housing is needed, what type of housing is needed, what locations would work for that housing. I mean, we need to understand those things so that we can have a good plan that works for people.
0: When it comes to 300, Haley Nenadol, one of the citizen petitioners behind the question, says it didn't have to win at the polls to win.
2: The pressure that 300 brought to the table, for lack of a better way of saying it, kind of forced all sides to come to the table with some solutions on the housing crisis.
0: And then it all says she's happy with the short-term rental license cap 2D imposes for the next two years, but adds she hopes to see everyone who voted for 2D continue to engage in local work on affordable housing.
2: What I would say to those people is I will see you at town council meetings advocating for affordable housing, and I want you to vote for it in your backyard, and I want you to vote for it for your neighbors, and I want you to vote for it. Continually until we have a healthy community back in the town of
0: Telluride. Hampton agrees the work isn't done. He says the Community Alliance for Effective Housing Solutions will live on beyond 2D to continue work on longer-term housing solutions.
1: I can't say that we really know exactly you know what our plan is at this point, but I think we would, on a in a sort of a broad sense, uh, really try to support. The efforts to build housing, uh, the efforts to do the studies, to understand uh, what's needed. We want to be an entity that that really facilitates those things.
0: During the campaign, Question 300 proponents accused Question 2D proponents of voter intimidation. Hampton, however, denies the allegations. Several other ballot questions also passed. Telluride voters voted 65 percent in favor of Question 2A, giving the town of Telluride control over how it spends a 2% lodging tax that was previously exclusively going to support tourism and marketing efforts. Voters also overwhelmingly approved questions 2B and 2C concerning largely administrative amendments to the town charter. According to county clerk and recorder Stephanie Van Dam, two questions in Norwood, 2E and 6A, are still too close to call. Overall, she says the election was smooth, voter turnout was about 45 percent. That's higher than the statewide turnout of roughly 32 percent, But Van Dam says it's still lower than she would have liked. Voters
3: maybe have a little bit of election hangover from 2020. It was kind of a wild year. And then at the same time, you know, personally, I feel like our local elections have a huge impact on our day-to-day life. And I'd love to see uh, a higher turnout for these smaller local elections that maybe don't get as much play in the national news.
0: Across Colorado, voters soundly rejected all three of the statewide questions on their ballots. The results stung the most for conservative activists, who spent millions of dollars trying to convince voters to pass Amendment 78 and Proposition 120, which together would have stripped some power from Governor Jared Polis and permanently cut property taxes. Voters also opposed Proposition 119 that sought to raise taxes on marijuana sales to pay for after-school tutoring programs. On Tuesday, Telluride voters selected four candidates to serve on town council. KOTO's Julia Caulfield has more on the two newcomers and two incumbents taking the seats.
4: Me and Fee and Dan Enright will be sworn in as new members on Telluride Town Council after Tuesday's election. They were two of the four top vote getters, along with incumbents Jesse Ray Arguez and Geneva Shanet, who both won re-election. Arguez received the most votes with just over 22%. Fee came in second with close to 20% of the vote. Enright and Shawnette received just over 19% and just under 18% of the vote, respectively. Mark Hebert and Kristen Joy Coleman did not get enough votes to make it on Town Council. Hebert garnered roughly 14% of the vote, Coleman, 8%. As newly elected members of council, on election night, Fee and Enright shared their gratitude to the voters for showing up. Here's Fee and then Enright.
3: Thank you for voting. I think it's the most important thing. I think it's a responsibility that we all have. And um, I'm excited that everybody that turned out, especially on a snowy, rainy day, did do that and drop their ballots off. And, um, you know, thank you for being a part of the process. And I, I hope that I can continue to be so.
2: Thank you to everyone who voted for me or just participated in general in the democratic
5: process uh, and being a part of our our town and and caring about what happens in Telluride. So to each and every voter, I want to say thank you.
4: Arguez shared her thanks as well. The gratitude that I have for the faith that people have put in in me to represent them is pretty overwhelming, in fact. Um, This town has found itself in a very tumultuous place, economically, socially, And in a myriad of other ways, um, I'm hoping that with this re-election, I can work more on bridge building. Seanette feels a similar sentiment surrounding an at times contentious election cycle. I
2: know that things have been really contentious in town, especially with some of the ballot measure um, discussions that have been going on. And I hope that we all uh, can move past that and hang out again together and keep fighting to make this place work for everybody and um i just want us all to remember that you know we're all neighbors together
4: while the housing ballot measures were settled on Tuesday with 2D passing and 300 failing to pass many of the council members elect still see housing as a primary issue moving forward For Fee, she says affordable housing is the, quote, real winner of the election. I think the
3: fact that we have, as a community, have rallied around this cause, whichever side you're on, um, you know, whether with um, both ballot measures, you know, the focus has been on affordable housing. And that, to be able to have that kind of a mandate from the community and to be able to know that the way forward is in a way that's, you know, sustainably, um, a sustainable economy and, healthy and happy workforce you know that can live and work in this in this area it, it gives us a really good roadmap to follow to know what the constituents want and how we can proceed to be able to help them achieve those
4: goals. Enright says he wants to continue working on new housing options similar to the town park RV camping program town council recently approved. Enright was a leader in bringing the program before council.
2: Making sure that we try and
5: continue to create immediate relief for uh, the housing crisis that our town is currently facing and and continuing to make that my top priority.
4: On election night, both Arguez and Seanette also shared their advice for the new members stepping onto council. Seanette
2: says listening is key. Telluride is full of a ton of brilliant people with a ton of different opinions on on how things should go and even how things have gone and people have different versions of history and There's a lot of complicated, um, complex reasons for how we all got here to this point in this moment and and learning some of the nuance behind that's really important. Um, As well as just meeting and touching base with all of the different um, people from different groups in our community. So I would say talk to lots of people or meet with lots of people, but listen most of the time would be my advice.
4: Arguez, Fee, Enright, and Shawnette will join current Telluride Mayor Delaney Young and council members Lars Carlson and Adrian Christie to round out town council. With five women set to serve and two men, it appears to be the largest percentage of women to serve on Telluride Town Council in history. The newly elected members will be sworn in at Telluride's town council meeting on November 30th.
0: As the economy continues to reopen from COVID restrictions and life begins to feel more like normal, COVID cases across Colorado are on the rise.
6: Looking against other states in the United States, um, Colorado is number five in the worst incidence rate um, and has been climbing for the last two months or so.
0: That's San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin speaking at a Board of County Commissioners meeting on Wednesday. While Franklin notes case numbers in San Miguel County have followed more national trends, and the county hasn't seen the same spike that other counties have, the statewide increase once again is putting a major strain on hospital capacity. Currently, only 10% of hospital beds statewide are available. Franklin says while the numbers are still lower than last winter, the current number of hospitalizations surpasses the original COVID peak, in the spring of 2020.
6: And we're continuing to
0: just see, hear more anecdotal
6: stories, especially um, in the Western slope of folks being um, flown out out of state to get the care that they need um, due to traumas.
0: Franklin says the hospital capacity is also leading to a shift in statewide public health orders.
6: On Monday, the state updated their public health order um, to issue a pause on all cosmetic surgeries that hospitals or um, organizations could use staff or beds for um, in COVID or other trauma um, care. Um, And there's discussions right now about doing that for elective surgeries as well or entering into crisis standards of care to help people decide um, if and when they have to turn people away, how they make those choices
0: equitably. According to Franklin, the state has also called on the National Guard to assist with treating COVID cases. But she adds, it's not just staffing challenges. Resources, um,
6: ventilators, beds, um, as well as staffing. Um, So it it is seeming to get um, increasingly um, worse and just really not where we wanna be um, a few weeks out from um, a really high tourism season for um, the state as a whole and a high trauma
0: season for ski areas. On the local level, Franklin says case numbers remain steady but elevated.
6: We have been seeing um, travel cases um, beginning to pick up, which makes sense. Folks are coming back from um, off-season or um, or have been traveling a little bit more, um, and so exposures um, can occur more frequently. And then um, we did have a preschool recently um, get quarantined due to
0: um, an exposure in the classroom. San Miguel County also recently reported its fifth death related to COVID.
6: COVID wasn't the leading cause, but um, it did add to um, the person being um, admitted to the hospital in the first place um, and had some compounding factors. So from the state reporting um, definition, um, they are it is a COVID-related death.
0: In a bleak coronavirus picture, the one bright spot is vaccines. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recently approved Pfizer vaccines for children 5 to 11 years old.
6: We just received yesterday um, the vaccines in hand. Um, I did not anticipate that occurring so quickly. Um, so we're thrilled to have them available now and um, are planning for our first public health clinic.
0: San Miguel County Public Health will hold its first vaccine clinics for those 5 to 11 on Tuesday, November 16th in Telluride and Thursday, November 18th in Norwood. Registration is available at sanmiguelcountyco.gov coronavirus. The Colorado Department of Public Health will have a bus in Telluride and Norwood next week to provide Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines. Registration is available on the county website. Walk-ups are also allowed. Fear not. The deadline has been moved. There is still time to compost your Halloween Jack-o'-lanterns the town of Mountain Village is extending its pumpkin composting program. Community members can bring their discarded decorative gourds, food waste, garden clippings, and other compostable materials to the compost bin behind Mountain Village Town Hall through Tuesday, November 16th, or until the bin is full. A girl goes to live with a polar bear, only to discover he's a bewitched prince and fall in love with him. Such is the scene that sets the stage for East of the Sun and West of the Moon, the latest theatrical experience being put on by the Telluride Middle High School Performing Arts Department. Under the direction of theater arts director Angela Watkins, 15 actors are putting on the tale later this month. The performance will feature eerie hags, dangerous trolls, and an original soundscape performed by guest artist Brian Dickinson and Tuck Gillette. Shows are in the Palm Theater at 7 p.m. on Friday, November 12th and Saturday, November 13th, as well as a 2 p.m. matinee on Sunday, the 14th. Masks, along with proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test, are required. With jack-o'-lanterns in the compost bin and candy in our stomachs, it's time to move on from the time of spookiness to the time of turkey And what better way to prepare for that than run a 5K? The annual San Miguel County Turkey Trot is back on this year, Thanksgiving Day, at 9.30 a.m. Admission is free and costumes are encouraged. Dogs on a leash are also welcome. The trot takes place in Ilium Valley at the intersection of Sunshine Road and Ilium Road. Registration must be completed online before race day at sanmiguelcountyco.gov. For a lot of people in and around Telluride, one of the top issues on their minds is housing. And it's not just an issue for San Miguel County. KOTO has partnered with multiple stations in the Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition to report a series of stories looking at economic mobility through housing to understand how the challenges and possible solutions are playing out across the region. Today, we're heading west. An organization in Moab helps build affordable and efficient housing with grants from the USDA's Mutual Self-Help Program. Along the way, they help educate builders and provide more space for future homeowners. Justin Higginbottom reports.
5: I'm standing on the Community Rebuilds campus. Today they're hosting events for the Natural Building Conference. It's a gathering of those interested in construction using materials like straw bale, soil, and lime mortar, which is being mixed now.
0: Just take a little bit on your hawk and your trowel.
5: Moab has a housing problem, like other tourist oriented towns in the region. Amanda Jane Albert is an instructor here.
0: Housing currently is just unreachable by a lot of folks. There's lots of service workers here, there's lots of seasonal people that come in and leave, but the tourist industry and the second home situation has sort of raised the cost of living beyond reach for most of the workers in Moab. Housing
5: that is affordable can be trailers or manufactured homes not suited for Moab's hot summers and cold winters. Her organization solves both problems, providing affordable housing built with material like straw bale that's inexpensive and energy efficient. Their intern program also cuts down on labor costs while training the next generation of natural home builders.
0: One of the benefits of The program here is that we provide a safe, accessible space for anybody who's interested in construction to come and be on a construction site,
6: where it might be intimidating if you're not a typical construction worker to walk up to
0: just some construction site and say, hey, I want to learn.
5: Joa Continentino is an intern from Tallahassee, Florida. He was interested in natural building, but it can be expensive to learn. Something really special about this program is that they do accept people with little to absolutely no experience and that's kind of unheard of to get kind of a foot into the natural building world without going to school since 2010 community rebuilds has built 52 homes according to the group those homes cost around 70 dollars per square foot which is about half the normal cost homeowners also take advantage of federally subsidized loans i'm inside one of their houses with owner marie brophy She lived in Moab for around five years, car camping her first season and then renting rooms.
3: And at that point it had never actually occurred to me that I could be a part of the program or that I would ever be a homeowner. Um, it still seemed kind of like a crazy idea to me, but uh, I decided to apply.
5: She's lived in the home since 2018. There's plenty of natural light. The tan walls look like they could be carved from desert rock.
3: It's so well-designed with the passive solar and the straw bale insulation that I rarely actually run my heat or AC.
5: The program requires homeowners to volunteer around 20 hours a week in building. But Brophy couldn't keep herself away.
3: There were some nights I was tiling windowsills until 11 p.m. by little lamp light or whatever. It just feels like my home because I got to be such an active part of building it.
5: Alex Burbage is a construction supervisor. He points out a picture frame in Brophy's house that provides a window into the straw bale insulation. It's called a truth window.
0: It's a tradition, I think, in the natural building world, especially with straw bale houses, to put a truth window to show people, yeah, your house is it's, it's made of straw.
5: Affordable housing is one thing, but keeping those homes affordable and finding space for more can also be an issue. Ricky Epperson is the executive director of Community Rebuilds.
2: You can build an affordable house and you can sell it to a low-income family, but once they sell it, it's forever in the current market, which is completely unreasonable.
5: Around five years ago, a program member sold their home after it appreciated by around $100,000 in only two years. She says a lesson her organization learned was to work with others to keep housing and land affordable and open for permanent residents. For example, deed restrictions can prevent homes from ending up as vacation rentals, and land trusts can require development for year-round residents. She helped push the planned Arroyo Crossing development, which will provide 300 units dedicated to housing for local families and
2: workers. Getting everyone together and figuring out how everybody can give a little, or nudge a little, or like relax a little, (laughs) or get serious a little. It takes a village.
5: A village that Epperson is helping to build. Justin Higginbottom for Rocky Mountain Community Radio.
0: The National Weather Service forecast for the Western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 30 degrees. Thursday expect sunny skies with a high around 50 degrees. Thursday night should be mostly clear with a low around freezing. Friday calls for sunny skies with a high in the mid-50s. Friday night should be mostly clear with a low in the mid-30s. This has been the news for Wednesday, November 3rd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries.
7: Hi, I'm Dr. Heather Linder, the founder of Telluride Whole Health Direct Primary Care. I hope you can join me at the library this Friday, November 5th at noon, to learn more about membership-based primary care. So rather than having insurance companies dictate health needs, Telluride Whole Health brings patients back to the center of care. The model's simple, it's convenient, and it's affordable. Members have 24-7 access to a provider, unlimited visits, and same-day appointments, as well as discounted labs, medications, and supplements. I've been a family physician in the county for over eight years, and I'm also trained in integrative and functional medicine. I have longer appointments with patients so I can try to determine the root causes of their health concerns. Telluride Whole Health also works with businesses to provide affordable health care benefits to their employees. Please join me this Friday at noon at the program room at the library to learn more about how individuals, families, and businesses can receive more personalized care and save money.
6: Dude, so many Snickers. My stomach is not happy with me.
8: Yeah, I had so much candy this weekend. I might have to go to the doctor if I don't start feeling better soon.
6: Ugh, I wish I had insurance. Going to the doctor is just so expensive.
8: Wait, you're not insured?
6: No, my job doesn't have benefits.
8: Well, did you know that open enrollment started on November 1st?
6: Yeah, but it's just, it's so complicated. Like, I don't speak insurance.
8: Well, Tri-County Health Network's health coverage guides can help you find the plan that's right for you.
6: But it also costs so much, and it's it's honestly been a really tough year for me.
8: Well, thanks to the American Rescue Plan, you might qualify for a low-cost or no-cost premium. Just call 970-708-7096, go to tchnetwork.org, or stop in at the Wilkinson Public Library on November 4th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. to meet with a health coverage guide.
6: Awesome. I can't wait to get covered.
0: Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on Access each weekday around 4 p.m. If you'd like to comment, please contact staffperson staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.